What is going on, everybody? Noah Heron here, back with another episode of the All Our Ways podcast. And today, we are in for a treat. One of the best conversations that has ever been had on this podcast happens with my friend Steve Ryan Carter. If you are not familiar with Steve Ryan Carter and you're tempted to not listen to this episode, let me just tell you right now that would be a huge mistake. If you're only one of those people who listens to episodes of people that you might know, uh, that is a mistake. This guy is a literal legend. Um, He has done so much in his life already. He is one of those guys that um, I want to learn from as much as possible, and I really did learn throughout our conversation today um, so much So much just wisdom comes out of his mouth. I think it's really practical wisdom and um, stuff that sticks with you for a long time, and so you're going to be blessed by this. Here's a little information about what Steve Ryan Carter has done. He served at Willow Creek Church, one of the biggest churches in the country where he was a uh, teaching and um, executive pastor role, uh, amazing local church pastor. He is the co-host of the Home Team podcast, which is a podcast where Steve and a couple uh, former NFL players, they break down, talk about sports, they talk about leadership, they talk about hot topics of the day, and uh, I just think it's so cool that he's crossing lines and um, stepping into sports spaces. That's something we talk about on the podcast a little bit today. Um, he's also the founder of something called Craft and Character, where uh, he helps communicators develop their gift of teaching and guide leaders through honest and human conversations to ensure that character leads the way. If there has ever been a time for some craft and character, it is now. So if you're interested in communicating, if you're interested in having character that goes deep and sustains maybe the gift that you have on your life, this is a podcast for you. You should check him out. And most recently, Steve wrote an amazing book. I literally just started it today. It is called The Thing Beneath the Thing. And we're gonna talk more about it on the podcast, but um, I wanna get straight into our conversation So without further ado, my friend, someone I look up to, I don't know if he would allow me to call him a mentor, but if I could, I would. His name is Steve Ryan Carter. Steve, welcome to the All Our Ways podcast, man. How are you? No, it is so, so good to be with you, bro. I I just think the world of you. So thanks for having me, man. Uh, It is such an honor. Um, By now, the audience is really, really um, familiar with you and and what you do and and what you have done, but um, they might not be as familiar with how knowledgeable you are about sports. So I want to start, I want to start in the sports world. Um, NFL season kicks off in just a couple weeks, college football season kicks off. Just give me like a Steve Ryan Carter hot take on football for the fall, some take that you've got some team that that's not on people's radar, just anything in the football, in the football sphere. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think the Packers are uh, going to be good. And it's hard for me to say as a bears guy, I think the Steelers are going to be amazing. Watch out for Najee Harris or Najee Harris uh, out of Alabama. I think they're going to be strong. And then obviously you got the chiefs, you got, uh, 
you know, Brady Gaga in Tampa Bay, you know, so you, you've got, you've got them. Um, and then I think for college football, I'm going to watch Oklahoma. I think Spencer okay. Rattler quarterback's going to, going to be pretty special. Um, I think every team in the big 12 is going to go after them in Texas because of their impending move to the sec. But um, if they can get through the big 12, they should be set up to, to do fairly well. Cause it's hard to get through the SEC without one or two losses and Alabama's proved they can do it, but um, they're pretty special. You know, you should have a podcast where you talk sports. <laughs> you, should, you should think about it. Um, man. Okay. Well, before we move on one last thought uh, or one last question on sports, what do you think about my Atlanta Falcons or Georgia Bulldogs? Any thoughts there, any chance, any hope? Well, I mean, I'll just tell you, I, Atlanta is in, is your Falcons are in a little bit of no man's land right now because uh, losing Julio Jones, I mean, bringing him, I'm in Nashville right now to bring Julio Jones and put him alongside Derek Henry. I mean, that squad's amazing, yeah. but that tight end from Florida that you got is legit fourth, fourth pick overall. I mean, he's fantastic. So um, we'll just see. I mean, I, I, I every year I, I have high hopes for Matty ice, uh, but the defense is, it's just, it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been a tricky run for y'all Georgia. Um, I'll just say there, there's something, I think it's actually over Atlanta too. But there's something with the Super Bowl. Yeah, bro. And I get it as a Clippers fan. I get it, you know, as a Cubs fan. Uh, but there is a mental piece that I do think this year, JT Daniels is the real deal. And I do. I, I mean, I watched him play in high school out in California. I saw him as, as a freshman at USC. So I think he's got immense abilities. Um, and I think he's I think he's a leader. So I, I, I actually... I like you. I like the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't like the Falcons so much. I like the Georgia Bulldogs. So I think you could make a run from it. Uh, you just got to get through the, the gauntlet of the SEC. We receive it right here on the All Our Ways podcast. Steve <laughs> Ryan Carter has broken the Atlanta sports curse. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, it's such such an honor to have you on. Um, something that I had the honor of, of being a part of was coming on your podcast, The Crafting Character podcast, which was um, such an amazing opportunity for me. Thank you again so much for having me. Um, I would love for our listeners to just hear about where that thought came from, the creation of, of craft and character, how they kind of go together and what you're hoping to do by talking about both of those different things. Yeah, man. Um, well, first off, bro, you were amazing. People loved you. I feel like you 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 have been the youngest communicator that we've had on it. Um, but I loved out of that post that you created, there was just such humility and such healthy earnestness and the stuff that you are learning as you are traveling and communicating and, and speaking into some amazing uh, spaces and into lives of so many people. So I thought you were fantastic. It was like better than I could have hoped for. Um, but the idea really came from twofold. Uh, Paul's words to Timothy and Dave Chappelle. So let's start with Paul's words to Timothy. You have first <laughs> Timothy four and, and most people who are, are communicators are young communicators. They all know coming out of youth ministry, that kind of first Timothy four, you know, don't let anybody look down on you, 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 because you're young, but set an example and like faith and speech and purity and all that. Right. And so we, so we start there, like Paul's writing to his spiritual son and he's dropping character. But most, most pastors stop there because right after that, Paul says, hey, don't ever stop devoting yourself to the public reading of scripture and to preaching and teaching. And, and then he goes, don't neglect your gift. 
He's like, actually give yourself wholly to it so that everyone may see your progress. And then the passage ends, like watch your doctrine closely because you will not just save yourself, but you'll save your listeners. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think like in this, Paul's saying, hey, hey, Timothy, you have a gift. You have a gift, but like your character has to lead the way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when your character's leading the way, you're going to have ample opportunity to keep developing that gift. So that whole crafting character idea came out of, out of first Timothy uh, four, but it also kind of got expedited, like with this idea and concept as we saw, you know, and this has happened, you know, every decade, but some pastors uh, who had just uh, made some choices that ended up derailing uh, and sabotaging their, their kind of calling. And I just was watching like as gifted as they were, there was something that was kind of holding their life in check. And Dave Chappelle, he signs uh, this $50 million contract with comedy central It's season three, episode five. And he tells a joke. Some dude laughs, but Dave doesn't think it's that funny. He kind of trips out and he just walks off stage gets in calls his driver gets into the limo goes to the airport goes to the american airlines desk and ends up saying i want to farthest ticket possible they're like we're leaving to south africa in three hours goes to south africa he stays in a monastery for six weeks and like every celebrity he's trying to like almost like pr his way back into you know the public's eye he finds himself on the couch of of uh of oprah and oprah just goes why'd you do it dave why'd you do it and he breaks down crying. You can like watch this. He breaks down crying and he says something like this. Success will take you places that character cannot sustain you. Wow. And I, I was, I think I was 29 maybe wow. at this time. And it was like, just this concept that, wow, you're so gifted, Noah. Like the, a lot of the listeners that you have, um, they're so gifted. I mean, it's like redemptive potential is all within them. But sometimes, especially when all those opportunities are coming, our our craft can lead and far outpace our character. And so the whole heart of the podcast is interviewing pastors and saying, hey, let's be the kind of people where our character leads the way. But then let's also be people that are giving ourselves to develop the unique God-given gift of preaching and teaching that we've been entrusted with. So how do we do that and walk that in a healthy and whole way? Wow, man, it's that's so good. I did not know the Dave Chappelle story. Now I want to go watch the Oprah <laughs> interview. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head with um, with the the talent of like this generation. I, I was speaking to someone um, who they've been teaching the gospel for a couple decades now, and they're somebody I look up to. I, I love their craft and their character. Um, and he said that he thought that Generation Z and Millennials were the most gifted teachers of God's word that he's seen in his lifetime. Just there's so many young, great communicators, great preachers. Um, and I, I, I think that I agree with that. I don't know if they're the most gifted, but there's a lot of great, talented communicators out there. And something that I've noticed is that there is no shortage of content created to teach you how to communicate better. There's no shortage of books, of YouTube videos, of podcasts that are like, hey, this is how you become a better preacher. This is how you become a better leader. This is how you become a better fill in the blank. But the character side of the content is much thinner. Uh, There's much less resources out there on that. What are some ways that someone in their early 20s or um, maybe mid 20s or maybe even they're a teenager listening to this who says hey i want to make sure 
that I don't fall prey to that problem? How can I develop character at a young age? What would you say to that person? Yeah, you know, I'll just tell you is God is so kind. And and I'll, I'll tell you a story. My I came home one day and I was in my 20s. I was I was preaching at a, a, a large church in Southern California. And there was a guy on staff who just every once in a while, he'd say something in a meeting and it would frustrate me. And so I remember just telling my wife this and, and her response was, isn't God so kind? I'm like, what do you mean he's so kind? Like this guy minimized me. Like he talked down to me in this, like his tone. I'm like, why is he so kind? And she just said, God's so kind because he keeps bringing people in your life who remind you of someone who wounded you. And until you have the courageous curiosity to honor that truth, your life will be held in check. Wow. And, and I say that because the stage will not just light up your gifts, but it will light up the places in your story that are broken, that are in process, and that have been fractured by the pain, the wounds, um, the trauma that you've gone through. So the, 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 the word of wisdom that I'm always begging 20 somethings is do your work, hmm. do your work. Um, you, I, I agree with you. I think that the Gen Z millennials, I mean, there is unbelievable story uh, telling abilities, you know, with technology, with just the ability to hold a room. Um, but I'll tell you the more that you can spend your twenties actually knowing your story, maybe that's through therapy, maybe that's through um, a mentoring, maybe that's through spiritual direction, but the more that you can understand why you do what you do, the more you can understand what actually happened and the effects of that. I'll tell you what, the better off you will be as you enter your thirties and your forties. Wow, man, that's so good. Guys, just rewind that, listen to that a few times over. Um, Steve, something that I've noticed the younger generation, this, this would be the last question about, um, about them, then we'll jump into your book. I'm really excited about talking about that. Um, but something I've noticed is that everyone wants a mentor and they all want to learn from a guy like you. You know, if I could just be around... Pastor Steve, if I could just learn how to preach like Pastor Steve, if I could just learn how to lead like Pastor Steve, man, it, it would make life so much easier. And a question that I get is like, hey, like, how, how do you find a good mentor? Like, what does that look like? And I think there's a frustration on both parts. It's, it's not all on the younger generation. It's not all on the older generation. But um, as a leader who is not Generation Z, uh, what would you say that you are looking for when it comes to someone you want to disciple or someone that you want to pour time into and also to the to the younger person that's asking the question how do i find a mentor where would you tell them to start that's a great question so um you know i lived this uh in my you know 20s i i was relentless uh on trying to find a mentor and you know uh, Mark Burnett, the guy who started The Voice and Survivor, he he says he has this acronym for the word no. He says, you know, I pitch shows all the time and, and execs are telling me no. And so every time I hear the word no, I, I just hear next opportunity. Mm -hmm. and, and I think for sometimes when we ask someone to mentor us and they say no, um, all of a sudden we're like, man, what's wrong with me? But we don't know what's going on in their life. A lot of these, these dudes in their late 30s, I mean, they got three kids at home. There's just like, they're just going through so, so much stuff and they're not going to actually want, give you the best of the best of stuff. Um, so they're like actually trying to be kind and say, hey, like I, 
I can't give you what you desire. So that's, that's one thing. Don't take it personally. When someone says no, just think next opportunity. Second is have a constellation of mentors. That's not my idea, but uh, I have five mentors on the regular. I have a mentor for preaching. I have a mentor for my marriage. I have a mentor when it comes to finance. I have a mentor like in certain areas of my life. And basically I, I recruit these people. Wow. And, and I'm constantly knowing that that might just go for six months. So I got to have other names that I am just compiling and they're, they're, they're relationships that I'm actually putting money aside to say, Hey, I'm going to buy this guy's coffee. or I'm going to take this person out, or I'm going to get them a gift card for he and his wife or she and her husband. Like, because I want the opportunity to invest in me and invest in the development of uh, who I believe God's made me to be. And I can't do that on my own. We are better together. So that's, that's the second. The third one is I would say the thing that I'm looking for uh, when people reach out to me is clarity. Hmm. And I want to clarify expectations right from the jump. So, so someone's like, Hey, Carter, can you like, would you be up for like mentoring me? And I'll say, Hey, what are you looking for? Because expectations, as my counselor says, is just premeditated resentment. If there's an unspoken like expectation, right. That like, Steve's going to help me with this, that, 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 that. And we haven't nailed that down. So then I have someone write out what they're hoping for. And then I can come back and say, all right, can we negotiate? Because what you're asking for, like, uh, is a little bit more than I can give in this season. It's not that I don't want to, it's just, I don't have that time with the book coming out this season, or can we hold off for six weeks and then really get into this? And I think when you can actually kind of clarify the expectation of what you're looking for, what, what I can be willing to give. And sometimes I can honestly say, Hey, I'm not really that great at that. Yeah. I'm not that I, I'll give you 19 other people's names for you to chase down, but like, that's not me, but I can help you here. So I think just the clar clarity is something that uh, is, is, is helpful for both parties, younger and older. And then the last thing I would say is I'm really looking for uh, relationships. There was a Ryan Gosling movie where he was a teacher and he had an addiction. And, and it was one of those movies where it flipped it, where the younger student in junior high, middle school ended up almost being the mentor for Gosling. And it was this beautiful idea. I think we're looking more for peer. Like, you know, if I can hang with, you know, like we, so much you can teach me. And there's, there's, there's moments just from wisdom and experience that I've had that I can, I can glean and be a, a voice of help for you. But like, it's not just a one way. I think we're looking for even my generation is looking for more of that both. And so yeah. those are four little minor thoughts that just jumped to the, my brain. I'm that I'm not just saying this. I think that was the greatest response to a mentorship question that I've ever heard. I'm going to have to clip that like four times to post all of that on social media. That was so good. Thank you cool. so much. Yeah. Um, I know that's going to be helpful to so many people. Another thing that's going to be helpful to so many people is your new book, The Thing Beneath the Thing. It just came out. I just got my copy. I've been out of town. It just came into my office last week. And so um, I'm excited to to crack it open this week and um, hear about it. But uh, here's kind of a subtitle. Um, the thing beneath the thing helps people identify and heal from past wounds that they have kept from, that have kept them from accessing their full potential so that they can begin to experience the life of freedom that Jesus has promised every believer. Uh, I think that everybody is gonna wanna read that book. 
So could you just expound on why this message is um, something that you're so passionate about? Can you talk about uh, what you hope to solve through this book and just kind of maybe your heart to the reader? Yeah. So um, Romans 7.15 says two sentences. One, and I like to quote scripture, uh, but like sometimes I can quote it to my wife and it doesn't work. Like the first sentence of Romans 7.15 says, I do not understand what I do. So whenever my wife and I are in an argument, I try to quote that passage. It does not work. She's like, hey, I, I know you don't understand. You need to learn to understand. Why do you keep doing this, right? And so the second sentence is so human. And he's like, the good, this is Paul speaking, the good I want to do, I just don't do. But the thing I hate, I do. And I think as a pastor for 20 some years, having people come into my office and sitting with people, I've never heard anybody say, today's the day. Today's the day I'm going to train wreck my life. Today's the day I'm going to decimate my character. Today's the day that I'm going to absolutely annihilate every good thing that God's given to me. But somehow it happens, right? And so the question became, why, why do we keep choosing something other than God? Why do I? And, and really, really, the, the question for me was, why do I do what I do? And what does the scripture actually have to say about it? And so there was a moment um, that the book starts out, and this was like 2000 eight and I was driving home in a snowstorm and I was leaving my grandparents house my wife and my nine-month-old are in the car and something hits my car and I realized it wasn't snow it was a chunk of ice and then it starts like in my brain going someone threw a chunk of ice at my car and I I flip a u-turn in this snowstorm my wife's like what are you doing I'm like someone threw this at us and she's like, no, no, it's okay, babe. Like, just let's go home. And I'm like, no, the injustice of it. And, and I, I leave my wife and nine-month-old in a snowstorm on the side of the road, and I cross four lanes of traffic. I think I can jump an embankment midway in the air. I realize I can't, and I land in, like, this creek of freezing cold water up to my waist, and now I'm really frustrated. And I can see someone running in a field, and I start screaming, I'm going to find you. And like, I just chase this, these, like these guys down and I run into this suburban neighborhood uh, through this field. And I'm like, because I watch CSI, I know what to do. And I'm like, like closing my eyes. And I realize I hear a garage go down. And so I run to this house, soaking wet pants out of breath. I knock on the door and this older gentleman opens the door. And I was like, Hey, did someone just come in here? Um, he's like, oh yeah, my, my grandson and his friend. I'm like, awesome. Can I have a word with them? He's like, sure. He closes the door. And in this moment, I promise you that this whisper and impression on my heart was like God saying, who's the crazy one right now? Mm. And I, I, uh, I was a middle school pastor at this moment. And all of a sudden the door opens. And I don't know, I, I'm thinking it's like college students. And the door opens and it's two sixth graders. Wow. And they're nervous. And I just look at them and I just say, nice shot. And I walk back to my car and I'm like, what is going on? And it hit me. Like we were on the verge of leaving Grand Rapids for uh, being like this student ministries pastor, working primarily with middle school students to go be a teaching pastor in Southern California. And I had just left my grandparents' house. Um, and my dad was there and he had leukemia. And I was really like, I just was feeling like, saying goodbye. I was emotionally exhausted from all of the goodbye parties. And on our drive to my grandparents' house, the people who were going to buy our house backed out. Wow. And so all of a sudden, this chunk of ice gave me a release 
to take all my fear and all my like kind of anxiety about, are we going to be okay? And I could channel it towards that. And I just called a mentor um, the next day and I told him what happened. He laughed and he just said, hey, welcome to getting after the thing beneath the thing, the endless discovery of what's really going on. And so that just became a phrase from 2008 on of like, okay, what's really going on? What's the thing beneath the thing? Why, we, why, why did we do that? Why do we say that? And just began to like lean into that. Wow, man. That, that story is like out of a movie. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, picturing, I'm picturing you in CSI right now. I can oh, I did. Every single thing you described. Um, man, I'm, I'm so excited to read it. I'm so excited uh, to look through my own heart and think about those things. Um, one of the things that I've really admired about you since um, we met last earlier this year. Yeah. Um, is the way that you are so open to so many different people like you're 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 relational with so many different people and um something that i've noticed with things in my own life is that if i am in really good community with people oftentimes it's easier for me to discover the thing beneath my thing, when I'm allowing people access into my life, when I'm allowing people access into the things that I'm, I'm kind of going through. Um, there's this whole idea or, or saying rather that leadership is, is lonely. Um, and when I met you, we were on a retreat with a whole bunch of different leaders. And the last thing that I saw from you as one of the leaders that everyone in the room was looking up to was that you were lonely. Everyone in there was your friend. Everyone in there um, knew about your life. They knew about uh, your wins, your, your, your losses. They, they, knew, they knew Steve Ryan Carter. Um, could you just maybe, uh, maybe speak to the importance of friendships and uh, access? Yeah, I, I just... I think it might just be because, you know, playing basketball so much, you know, you, you need a team, you know, you need people in your life that you can chop it up with people that can, you know, watch game tape of your life with people that you can just be honest and human with. Um, and I, I think what's so hard is I, th most leaders really struggle with, 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 uh, trust issues. Mm -hmm. um, and some, and, and again, I think sometimes it, when you're in your twenties, there's a lot of excitement, but then sometimes like you're, you're, you're working with people that you think are going to be with you into your forties and fifties. And then God calls them to a different assignment. And you're like, Oh, uh, we did, we did three years of, of meals together. Like we, we did ministry together. And so all of a sudden, like these walls of just start to come up to go, okay, don't let anybody get that close because they might leave. And it's, and, and there begins to almost be, and I saw this in my generation. I saw this definitely in the generation uh, above me was almost this wall to say, like, I'm not going to let you fully in. Yeah. And, and I just, I just think, you know, as leaders, our job is to raise up and send out. And sometimes people might be with us forever. And sometimes we might just be in a role. We raise people up and send them out, but let's not act differently. Yeah. Let's just have a proper perspective. And, and, and so for me, like the book is really um, my attempt to say, hey, here's some, a lot of conversations that have come out of deep, deep relationships of, of, of women and men in my life who've helped me because things, this acronym, um, and the truth is like, we all get triggered. That's the setup that's going to set us off. And we're all going to go somewhere. The H is a hideout to kind of escape uh, the pain of our story or insecurity. We're going to tell a false story about ourselves when we get triggered or 
um, narratives. We're going to create a false story about others. And it's not until you have like people in your life who can reflect back, go, what's really going on, man? Yeah. Like, why, why did you run to that? And the G is all about grace. And, and I'm talking about sanctifying grace that Wesley talks about, which is the grace of, it's like God's ongoing process and spiritual power to make us whole, holy and spiritually healthy. And so the book is really trying to help you and your friends kind of go, what is that thing beneath the thing? Where do you, like, what triggers you? Yeah. And what's that connected to a pain point in your story? And where do you tend to go? And when you can be honest about that, then your friends can back you up and go, hey, you don't need to turn to that. Hmm. Hey, hey, like, that's more about your dad than about you. And, and, and what, what, what does God want to do with that? Because God's so kind and he wants to redeem and restore every part of your life. But you can't do that alone. You need people that you can chop that up with who know you, who are for you, and actually understand the unique voice that God has like put within you and trying to their best to call that out in a healthy and whole way. Come on. I can hear the voices of the people watching this, po- listening to this podcast saying, how do I get this book? So the uh, link to the book is going to be in the description, the show notes of the podcast. Go check out the thing beneath the thing. I'm so excited to read it. Um, one more thing before we go, Steve, I always like to do this um, to get to know our guests just a little bit more. If you were asked to do a TED Talk and the TED Talk could not be about sports, it could not be about preaching or anything related to what you do vocationally, um, what would your TED Talk be on and why? It's a great question. Uh, the first two answers that come to my head would be on recruiting talent. Ooh. Um, I, I think that's, uh, that's something I, about how to see the good and, and, and like actually make room for that and, and know how to recruit that. Um, so I think that would be really, really fun. The second one would just be on, on integrity, how, um, at the end of the day, that's, that's, what's going to matter. Yeah. And, and the cadet prayer, dude, have you ever read the cadet prayer from yeah. West point, yeah. bro? You should, you, you would love this, man. You yeah. would preach an amazing sermon on this, but there's a line like since the 19, early 1900s, uh, the, every cadet who went to West point had to memorize this, this prayer and was done by this chaplain. And it's just gone on for a hundred plus years, but there's this line in it that talks about being committed to the harder, right over the lesser wrong. And it just, there's a paragraph that you're like, it is one of the most beautiful, like, uh, and it's probably about three or four paragraphs, but one of those paragraphs is one of the most like inspiring uh, words on what integrity looks like. And so that's, that's probably what I would do is, is how, to, how are in a, in a world that's committed to lesser wrongs, what does it look like to be committed to the harder right? Wow, man, this has been such an honor, Steve. Thank you so much for being on the All Our Ways podcast. Um, I know that everyone listening has been blessed by this. I've been blessed by this and I'm gonna go back and listen again so I can take better notes. I, hopefully I wasn't distracting you scribbling on my notepad the whole time you're talking, but um, so good. Thank you for being on. Well, hey man, just know I'm a big fan of you. I love, love, love seeing um, just all that God's doing in your life. And dude, you're, you're one of the good guys and I'm excited for this next season, you know, uh, with all the additions that are coming to your family and just, uh, man, just continued favor, continue to walk in strength and humility and grace. And, uh, just know that there's a whole bunch of us that are cheering you on, bro. Thanks for having